the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents First Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of First Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman, of course. Well, first up, uh, you know... We're in Q4 right now. You know what that means. Retailers are getting very anxious. So I've read a report by Chuck Martin on M Commerce Daily talking about the projection for holiday sales. Apparently, the National Retail Federation is projecting that sales in November and December will increase 4% to $617 billion. Um, And that's not bad, actually. 4% growth. I think anybody would take some growth uh, about now. The average household holiday spending will actually be dropping just a little bit uh, to $684 per household. Now, according to PwC and Strategy, it's an it's a it's an online website. They're saying that 84% of shoppers are seeing the best price is the main reason for choosing a place to purchase gifts. So what are they going to be shopping for? Well, the majority of people, clothing tops the list, gift cards, toys, personal electronics, media, and entertainment in exactly that order. Now, there's other projections out there besides the one I talked about. One comes from Prosper Trending Score, and they're actually saying overall gift spending is going to be up 8%. Deloitte is actually saying 5%. So, depending on who you're, you're listening to, it's going to be between 4% and 8%. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go along. I'm sure at the end of it all, uh, we'll be up, but just probably marginally. Our purse profile today is the Prada Professional. This is a woman, of course, committed to her career, trying to achieve some balance in her life. She's around 36 years old. 75% of them graduated from college. They're employed full-time. A quarter of them are also married. And uh, about half of them are parents, making more than $150,000 a year as far as a household income. Uh, they are really focused on uh, fashion, uh, wanting to stand out in a crowd, but really valuing relationships when it comes to relationships. Um, you know, she's looking for quality time spent outside of work because she spends a ton of time at work. In fact, she considers herself to be a workaholic. Um, she does try to balance between family and friends and pursuing her hobbies of the arts and travel. Um, she considers her home to be a critical part of who she is, and she is very environmentally conscious as well. So where can you find this particular woman? Well, she's reading a lot of magazines, watching a lot of cable when she can. Uh, real simple is big with her in style, shape. Vanity Fair um, are also big magazines. She's watching TBS, TLC, Food Network, and E as well. 
So product professional, we've got a little bit of money to spend probably in Q4. So you want to keep her in mind um, as we project the holiday spending. Well, my guests today, I'm thrilled to say they were on back this summer. I'm thrilled to have them back. Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, you know the names, I'm sure, the founders of Barefoot Winery. Uh, founded that winery back in 1986 and went on to sell it in 2005 um, to Gallo and have moved on from there to really become exceptional consultants and authors and really lending their keen insight to other entrepreneurs. In fact, they've spent this past year speaking to entrepreneurial students throughout the country. Uh, You may have even picked up their bestseller. It's a New York Times bestseller, The Barefoot Spirit, How Hardship, Hustle, and Heart built America's number one wine brand. And you may recall the last time they were on, they talked about exactly how they built that brand. Uh, it's an enduring brand today. And there were many key, key uh, learnings from, from the way they built that brand. And uh, I'm thrilled to have them back. Um, not only do they have a new book. I've learned, which they're going to talk a little bit about, but they're also going to share the top five things that MBA schools do not teach in school, but they want to make sure that if you're listening today, you understand what they are in order to be successful in business. So stick around more from Michael and Bonnie when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to the show. Joining me today is Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey. You know them as the founders of Barefoot Winery and the co-authors of the New York Best Times best-selling business paperback, The Barefoot Spirit, How Hardfish Hunt. Hardship, Hustle, and Heart built America's number one wine brand. You may have been listening back in July when they were on the show talking about how they built that brand into the behemoth that it was when they turned around and sold it in 2005 to Gallo. Well, now they are running the country, basically, running around the country, sharing all of their keen business insight uh, on the main stage at conferences, but also in the classroom with entrepreneurs. And uh, they've got another book coming out, so I'm thrilled to have them back on the show. Michael and Bonnie, welcome back. Happy to be here, Marie. Thank you. So excited to have you. You know, um, I know when you were on before, you shared so many great insights of how you built Barefoot Wines without any wine experience, by the way, and very little money. And you did it by tapping an audience that I think a lot of listeners today would not be surprised by. But at the time, it was a quite an untapped audience. It was women. And you also did something rather unique for 1986. You pioneered what you have coined Worthy cause marketing, and you continue to innovate. In fact, you talk about innovation throughout your book. Um, why do you think those tenements that made Barefoot Wines such a, a great model, why do you think it has such great staying power? Well, uh, Maria, I, by the way, it's great to be back on your show. Um, I think that the reason that Barefoot has such great staying power is that it really is a community-based product. Um, when we built the Barefoot brand, um, even though we finally got to a place where we could afford commercial advertising, we decided against it. And the reason was is because when we started out, we were so undercapitalized, we couldn't afford commercial advertising. The advertisers were telling us, hey, you got to advertise six or eight times in my newspaper before you're going to get any traction anyway or on the radio. And so we started to realize, wait a minute, maybe there's another way to get the word out. So we took a look at the stores that carried our products and we took a look at the neighborhoods that immediately surrounded those stores. And we looked at our customer and we said, you know, our customer is really more than a shopper for a mercantile product. This person has interests in this neighborhood and belongs to organizations. Maybe we could support them by donating wine and by getting their message out in the retail store about what they're trying to do in their neighborhood. And that created a loyal following. And we took that that whole technique, which we call Worthy Cause Marketing, uh, from coast to coast, community after community. And, uh, And I think that that's what really gave Barefoot its grassroots staying power. 
Well, and we've seen that continue brands to model that today. And in fact, now more than ever, when we, we think about millennials, they really are looking for those brands that are giving back to their communities. So you you really did pioneer quite the business insight back in 1986. And I know that you, you teach this as you go around to dozens of universities talking about entrepreneurship. It's really uh, what your book is all about, The Barefoot Spirit. And um, But there are things in your book that I think you found aren't widely taught at universities. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, uh Yes, Maria, we talk about a lot of things in our book that helped us succeed, but when we're traveling and talking to students at, on, at uh, universities, there's a few things that we found that they're really not teaching or not in all the schools anyway. Um, we talk about positive company culture, and I know that a lot of schools will talk about ethics, but how to really build a team and have a good relationship within your own company. That's one of the keys. We also talk about cash flow management. And although that is a subject that most universities discuss, what they don't discuss is how to really be resourceful, how to find your, uh, your strategic partners that you're doing business with every day, and how to work with them closely so that when you grow, they grow. And taking advantage of that and seeing that as a resource and all the other resources that you have uh, available to you and how they fit into cash flow management. We also talk about starting small. Um, A lot of students are encouraged to go out and start a business and it all sounds so exciting and, and easy and it's not easy. It's rather difficult and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So we talk about starting small so when you make those mistakes you can go around and uh, make up for them that you can make changes in the way you do business and um, that you can also grow in your your business knowledge before you start growing so much in your business so I think that's really important and um, also sales is something that is not discussed a lot believe it or not in the schools They talk about sales management, how to manage your sales team, but they don't talk a lot about what it takes to be a salesperson. We believe that sales is king. And another thing they don't uh, seem to talk about is, uh, well, they actually kind of mislead uh, a lot of young people into this idea that somehow marketing should be above sales in stature and in every other way. And the reason that Barefoot was so successful is that we would tell the marketing team to sit down and take direction from the sales team. Mm. So the sales team would come in and say, I need a piece of, uh, of uh, point of sale material that looks like this and walks like this and quacks like this. And they would come up with it and they'd say, is, it, is this going to work? Until finally they'd say, yes, this will work. And then they would say, and what isn't working out in the marketplace? And, of course, the salespeople knew what wasn't working in the marketplace. So, in other words, if you take a look at a company, the company really only has two divisions that are actually talking to the customer. And one of them is the sales division, and another one is the customer service division, so-called complaint resolution. 
And so what we did in our company is we created what we call a two-division company. So the whole company only had two divisions. One division was called sales, and the other one was called sales support. And when we talk about this at, uh, to the MBAs and uh, students that teach entrepreneurship, you know, their eyes get big. They go, oh, sales and sales support. We never really looked at it that way. <laughs> And very, very simple the way you say it, even though we all know that's very complex. Would you say that two-division model is what surprises them the most of all the things that you and Bonnie listed that are pretty critical? Yes, I think that that pretty pretty much shakes them up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It might even upset some of the people in business and some of the professors as well. Well, and I'm sure the professors, especially depending on what they're they're most enamored with, probably are a little bit upset. And those of us in marketing never want to think we're taking a backseat to sales. But I absolutely understand um, the success model on that. And I know you've talked before as well about brand building, you know, building a brand and sales, of course, and target insight, understanding who you're selling to and how do you motivate staff and understanding your competition. All of those are also critical components to business success that you talk about in your book. Of all the things that you list, uh, is one more critical than another, knowing that you have this two-division approach? Well, um, I think that if I can go back with what you had said, I think the, the topics we were discussing was brand building, sales, target insight, motivating staff, competitive intelligence, yep. I think motivating your staff is really the most important, is building a, a team that loves to work together. By doing that, every other relationship that you have works better because your staff understands your product, understands your goals, understands your challenges, and understands how they all work together to um, succeed, to make your company a success. So learning how to have a happy staff, a good team that works together, is, it's a blessing. And, and this is really, we're, now we're talking about leadership because when you talk about company culture, you can walk into any restaurant or, or any dress shop or any place that you go and you can know what the owner's attitude is just by the way the clerk addresses you. And so that attitude is really breaks down into company culture. So what we did at Barefoot is we did things that the lawyers told us not to do. The lawyers said, you can't write a memo to an employee that says what a great job they did in detail. And you can't copy it to everyone on the staff. And we said, why? And they said, well, because if the person gets fired or, or quits, they're going to use this against you. Well, we immediately started doing that. We figured if they didn't want us to do it, there must be, that must be a good thing to do. So we did it immediately. And as a result, we didn't have people quit. As a matter of fact, people really, uh, you know, you hire good people and you build great people. One of the ways you build great people is with acknowledgement of validation, you know, and, uh, and, and public documentation. You know, you tell the whole staff, you know, Mary did a great job last year. Here's what she did. You know, she increased everybody's bonus, blah, blah, blah. Now staff knows two things. They know who Mary is. They know what she does. And they appreciate her because she's done something for the whole company. 
And they also now know number two, which is that if they behave like Mary, they're going to get that same kind of acknowledgement. Which is, which is, you know, it seems intuitive, but so many companies don't do that. In fact, a lot of them tend to try to motivate with fear, which we know the, the backlash on that. Um, so as we look at MBA schools, you know, Bonnie and Michael, you've talked about motivating staff being critical. You've talked about sales. You've talked about customer service all being critical. Do you think in general, and, and you've also talked about how some of these students are surprised to learn about some of these things. So at the end of the day, how practical do you believe the curriculum is at many MBA schools? I mean, as you mentioned before, a lot of these guys come out and they want to start big. They don't want to start small. Do you feel like they're coming out ready to put their learnings into practice and, and do so successfully? Well, they learn so much about business. That is essential going into any business. But when somebody actually it jumps in the water and has to sink or swim, that's a, a whole new lesson. And the only way that lesson can be learned is by doing it. So, yes, I think that the schools are doing a fine job uh, preparing them to understand what a business model might look like. But like I said, there's nothing like experience. When you get out there, you learn things that you simply wouldn't imagine. And that's the part that's really impossible to be taught by a university. Or even you can get examples from people like me and Michael who have been successful and did struggle and did learn so much in our 20 years of building the Barefoot brand. There's a lot to be learned by talking to people like this. But still, you're not going to find out about your own business when you decide to go out there and start it until you start. That's why I think it's so important if students can get a part-time job in, in the industry that they've chosen to go into, and that way they'll be understanding a bit more about their business as they're going to school, and they might be able to ask better questions or, or realize um, some of the training that they're getting that they'll be using on their hands-on um, experience that they're having while they're attending school. Yeah, so don't get us wrong because... Uh, you know, a, a lot of people, a lot of students come up to and they say, well, shouldn't I just be like Steve uh, Jobs and, you know, quit, quit school and just go into business? Um, no. Um, if we had the kind of formal education that is now available in schools that teach entrepreneurship, it would have taken us 10 years to do what we did instead of 20 so there is absolutely a value to formal education about function and structure. Where you really need to get um, an additional education is in the whole area which we call business navigation, which is, okay, so you're going to launch that ship, that entrepreneurship. Okay, you're going to be the captain and commander. How are you going to keep it from running aground? How are you going to keep it from sinking in a storm? How are you going to get it into port? And you can only do that if you have these what we call guiding principles for success, GPS, which is which is a system that we've developed and other people have developed similar systems. But they have to do with a set of standards that you hold up in front of any decision and you use those standards to help you make the right the right decision. So that's the area that you can learn, you know, either from people like us who actually done it uh, and 
Thank God the schools are inviting folks like us to come in and speak and talk about real situations that involve those guiding principles. Or you could uh, you can uh, find out from people who have guiding principles about uh, about business philosophy. Those are the kinds of things that they need to teach. It's more about philosophy and, and less about structure. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Michael and Bonnie. When we come back, I want to dive into this new book that you have coming out and also talk a little bit about women in business because as you've probably seen, more and more women are coming out of MBA school and a lot of them are taking those entrepreneurial tracks. In fact, more women start businesses every year than men. So I want to get your take on that. Stick around more from Michael and Bonnie when we return in just a moment. First Strengths will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Spirit, how hardship, hustle, and heart built America's number one wine brand. And we've been talking today about MBA schools. And um, as Bonnie and Michael know, they built a business from the ground up, literally from the ground up, over 20 years into a behemoth brand and learned from the school of hard knocks. And they've been spending a lot of their time talking to students who are going through the entrepreneurial kind of track in MBA schools. And one of the things that I've noticed is kind of a trend lately is that MBA schools are teaching so-called soft skills, I think they say they call it. But it's really the need to be collaborative in leadership today. And I'm curious what you all think about soft skills and the need for those skills in business. Well, first of all, we think that Facebook is better than Uh, I mean, FaceTime is better than Facebook, and we think that high-touch is better than high-tech. 
So that's kind of the keynote for what we're going to say. But uh, soft skills have to do with, uh, you know, personal skills. I think that what we've gotten to, uh, unfortunately, uh, is a, a place where social networking has actually hurt our social skills. And what we need to do is get back to social skills. And what and are social skills? The ability to communicate. So you want to <laughs> learn a little bit about English literature. You might want to learn a little bit about composition, how to write a business letter. Um, certainly, uh, you want to learn a little bit about philosophy, you know, which is, which is what is the greater good here. And uh, you might want to learn a little bit about, uh, about uh Psychology, you know, what makes people make decisions, what uh, appeals to people, why are, why are certain things compelling. Um, in other words, communication skills are at the top of the heap. Now, they teach that stuff in school, but it's, it's hidden. It's called, it's called liberal arts or liberal studies or the humanities. But these are all things that help you because when you start to get out there and make sales in your business. When you get out there and you try to have relationships with your vendors, with your suppliers, uh, and, and with your customers, you find out right away that you're talking one-to-one -one with people that may have different cultures than you, they may have been raised differently than you, they may have a different uh, uh, approach to uh, philosophy than you, and, and the sooner that you can identify what that is and bond with them, the sooner they're going to cooperate with you in, in any uh, in any endeavor that you have, so those are all soft skills, um, and you know team building is certainly a soft skill. Uh, what do you say about teams? Don't you say that you don't have to be the winner? Oh yeah, well you know I I like to say I don't have to have the winning idea. I just want to be on the winning team, <laughs> and it takes a team to take an idea and work with it and make it successful to make it really happen. Just coming up with an idea, uh, everybody's got great ideas. It doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Right. Well, and when we talk about soft skills, I know it's been said that women tend to have uh, maybe more advanced soft skills than men. And we know women are graduating in very high numbers in business school. A lot of them are starting their own businesses going that entrepreneurial track because you do spend so much time in the classroom I am curious what what do you see a lot of when it comes to women and their focus on business we do see more women in the classrooms it may be about 50 50 or even more so and the women tend to uh, be very attentive uh, the women that are in the classrooms seem to be there because they really want to be, not because they have any family that's pushing them to be there. They're taking notes. They're sitting up straight. As I say, they're paying attention. They're very interested in learning from the classrooms. And as far as what their focus might be, generally what I think is that they're there to get a good education and to understand business because they want to go into business for themselves. And what that business might be, a number of them haven't decided yet, but they do realize that the education that they're getting is going to be invaluable for whatever business they choose. They ask a lot of practical questions um, like, uh, you know, how, how do I how do I pay my bills when I don't have any money? Or, you know, how do I uh, hire people when I can't afford people? 
or, or how do I get a loan uh, when I don't own property? I mean, these are all really practical questions, and, and we have answers for them that help them achieve those kinds of far-reaching goals. So we're really, we're really happy and proud to see so many women in the classroom. You know, by contrast, we recently spoke at a, a professional organization of entrepreneurs, um, and in order to join this particular professional organization, uh, you had to make a million dollars a year. Uh, so this is in, in uh, 2014. So in 2014, unfortunately, we don't have as many women making as much as men are making, even in entrepreneurship, even though there are more female entrepreneurs. And it was interesting that when we spoke at this group, it was like less than 20% female. But when we speak at the schools and you see those young people, they are over 50% female. Yeah, so it's about getting them out there and getting them the skills they need to get that business over that million-dollar mark. And you're absolutely right. In general, across the board, women are starting more businesses than men, but fewer of them are getting to that million-dollar mark. And I know whether it's in the classroom or on the main stage, you are you are very generous with your insight into business. And in fact, I know you're going to be speaking at the upcoming C-Suite conference um, in Marina Del Rey. I I believe that's what November sixteenth through eighteenth, and you're going to be keynoting there. So congratulations on that. That's very exciting, and you're also going to be unveiling a new book. Talk a little bit about that. Okay, so uh, the the primary search term from corporations these days, surprisingly, is the entrepreneurial culture. So big corporations, they want their people to be more engaged and empowered. And so they're starting to take a look at entrepreneurs. And what is it about a garage business? What is it about a laundry room business that they need to pick up on and to employ in their own culture? So we wrote a new book called The Entrepreneurial Culture, 23 Ways to Engage and Empower Your People. And it's 23 ideas that are cut and paste ideas. It's not written like our last book, The Barefoot Spirit, which is a business adventure story. This one is more of a prescriptive text and it deals with 23 ideas that you can just take and uh, put into your business and see the change in the way your people are engaged, see the way your people are, are more empowered and to start having a big difference in your bottom line. So we basically, you know, took what we, we think is the entrepreneurial culture, at least the culture we learned uh, by being successful, starting out being, you know, underfinanced and underknowledged and having to do everything the hard way. We wrote all that stuff down and we thought, you know, this is exactly what's missing in the big corporations. You know, their budgets are too big, so they're not resourceful. They throw money at everything. Uh, their structure is, is too uh, narrow and too, and too much of a, a pyramid. And so consequently, good ideas get squashed or they get changed by the time they get to the top. And then everything has to go through legal. And so people are discouraged from coming up with new ideas because they have to wait six or eight months to get them cleared. And so these are the kind of sacred cows that we are really disrupting with these new uh, wild Mustang uh, entrepreneurial culture ideas. Well, and when should we expect to be able to pick up that book? When will it be widely available? 
Well, actually, your listeners can go get it right now on our site in a pre-publication form, and they can pick it up at thebarefootspirit.com. Wonderful. That is so exciting. Listen up, everybody. Thebarefootspirit.com. You can go get the Entrepreneurial Culture 23 Ways to Engage and Empowering Your People right now. And the other offer that you have for listeners today, and thank you so much, you guys, for this, is listeners can go on to barefootbonus.com, and there's some bonus materials as well. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, we have um, an infographic. We've got uh, some nice charts that we share with people so that it makes it very easy to understand a business concept. And we also give them an opportunity to um, see some of our blogs. And we give them uh, three of the lessons that we teach in the entrepreneurial culture. It's available there as well. Right, actually, it's four. Oh, four. Hey, that's even more. <laughs> Another bonus on the bonus. I love it. Well, you guys, again, you're so generous with your time and your your insight and coming on here again. I so appreciate it. And I do want to invite everyone listening today to go onto the barefootspirit.com. Take advantage of their offer to get that um, early edition of the Entrepreneur culture and then go on to barefootbonus.com as well and take advantage of those materials that Michael and Bonnie have made available to us. Thank you both so much. I wish you the best of luck coming up at the C-Suite conference. I know you'll rock the house as you always do and best of luck with the book too. I'm sure it'll be an instant bestseller. Thanks so much, Maria. We had a great time. Yeah, thanks, Maria. Oh, it's so great to have you guys back on. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thanks, everyone, for listening and for my producer, George, for producing another great show. Join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.